Okay, very good. I've got a question. Get it. Okay, very good. But again, we welcome everybody. Shalom. We hope you're having a meaningful Yom Kippur. And we're going to begin our, our uh, session with the study of some words. So we want to begin with a blessing over Torah, which we always do. So we'll have the first slide. So we'll turn it together. Is it home? Good. Next slide. Good. Let's join together. I share with Okay, get the humans back. Okay. Well, we'll begin with the story. A Jew checks into a very posh, upscale elite hospital for just a checkup. After two days, he checks himself out and checks into a not so well known Jewish hospital. The doctor goes in and says, Why did you come? Were the doctors over there? Said, oh, they were double lines. They were double not nice to you? Not nice to Oh, they were oh. angels. Well, was the food not good? Oh, couldn't get better food at a restaurant. He said, well, why did you come here? He says, here, I can complain. It seems to be happy. We just seem to have, to have something to be unhappy about. You ever notice that? You know, there's a waiter comes up to a group of Jews eating at a restaurant and says, is anything all right? But if that's the road we're on, we're on the wrong road. If you aren't happy being Jewish, maybe you're not doing it right. Ours is the most fortunate generation in 4,000 years. Never before have we had an independent state and at the same time, freedom and equality in a diaspora. We've never had them both together, and we do now. And happiness is part of Judaism. In a few days, we'll celebrate a day we call Happy Day, Simcha. It's called Simcha Torah. The whole day is happiness in Torah. And we have weddings and births, and we have bar and bat mitzvah, Happy Hanukkah, Happy New Year. King David writes the Psalms. His first Psalm, the first word is Ashrei, happiness. And it's plural. And we've had much more happy times than bad times in Judaism. In Yom Kippur, it's a solemn day, but it is also a happy day. A day of great joy, because today, more than any day in the whole year, 14 million Jews, every Jew in the face of the earth is doing the same thing and agree. Well, shouldn't then it be life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? Life, sure. God wants us to have life. We wouldn't be here if God didn't want us. We didn't choose to be here. God wants us to, to have life. And liberty, God freed us. God wants us to be free. But I want to ask you a question. Does God want us to be happy? What do you think? Well, when we Jews have a question, what, what do we do? We go to the Ask another question. That's a good answer. Good, Bruce. Good. That's, what I was, that's what I was going to say, Bruce. Good. And another thing we do is we go to the text. And what better text do we have then? Torah. We got 613 commandments, right? And not one says, thou shalt be happy. I mean, couldn't have made it 614 an even number of it? Where can we find God wants us to be happy? The next slide, please. This is the book of Deuteronomy. Someone would read that whole slide, please. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, you, you may be, go ahead, Terry. Yeah. 
All these curses shall befall you. They shall pursue you and overtake you until you are wiped out because you did not heed the Lord your God and keep the commandments and laws that he enjoined upon you. They shall serve as signs and proofs against you and your offspring for all time because you did not serve the Lord your God in joy and gladness over the abundance of everything. Ah, because we did, of course, bad times, that's not, but over the abundance of everything. What happened in the wilderness? Every day we get free food. All that of heaven, we complain. So does God want us to be unhappy? Of course not. Makes no sense. What makes sense is what Rabbi Greenstein told us in his Rosh Hashanah sermon. Happiness, he said, is overrated. It's okay to pursue legitimate happiness, but should that be our goal along with life and liberty? What should be our goal? But holiness, holiness is our centerpiece. Our spotlight shines on holiness. Let's see what our ancestors did. Okay, did they pursue happiness or holiness? Let's pretend you're Abraham. You can slide, slide off, please. And if you're Abraham, you live. You lose everything. God says, leave. You go to a land with his famine. You have to leave there. You go to Egypt. Your life's in danger. You have to go back. He says, I'm going to give you this entire land. You're 130-something years old, and your wife's 127, and she dies. You don't even have a plot to bury her. He says, I'm going to give you so many children, they're going to be like the stars in the sky, the planet, the sand. You two children, one when you're almost 90, and the other when you're 100. The one you have when you're almost 90, Ishmael, God says, send him away. The one you have when you're 100, when he gets older, God says, bring him up to the mountain and sacrifice him. What is God wanting you? What, what, what does God want from you? And what do you want? What do you think? Let's look at Genesis 25, the next slide. If someone would read that. Uh, the, next, the next slide after that one. Slide two. There we go. Okay. Just, just verse 8. Anybody want to read that? And Abraham breathed his last dying at a good ripe age, old and contented, and he was gathered to his kin. Thank you. Slide off, please. Old and contented? From what we just learned, how can he be contented? What does that mean? It means he wasn't perfect. He didn't lead a perfect life. But he did his best to pursue holiness. And you're Isaac. Okay? The first fully Jewish child ever. Right? Your father wants to tries to sacrifice you. Your wife, Rebecca, gets your son, Jacob, to trick you into giving the wrong blessing to the other brother, Esau. Esau wants to kill the brother. And Esau ends up marrying a Hittite. Your wife, Rebecca, says, get just you got to let Jacob's got to go. You'll, you'll be killed. You've gone 36 years. Somebody asks you about your life. What are you going to say? Happy? Let's look at the next slide. This is slide three, Genesis 35. One more slide. I'm sorry. I, I think, uh, let's see what. Yeah, uh, slide 20, uh, verse 29, anybody? Reads his, uh, his last died. He get, he was gathered to his kid, old and fulfilled of days. And he was buried by his sons, Esau and Jacob. Fulfilled in his days? Next slide off, please. Wow. Fulfilled in his days? Jacob, if you're Jacob, father favors your brother. Not good. You trick your father and your brother. Your brother tries to kill you. You lose everything. You have to live with your mother's uncle in another country. You fall in love with his daughter. He says, okay, work for me for seven years and you can have this one. You work seven years. He slips in the wrong girl. Got to work another seven years. You're on 36 years. Your daughter is raped. Two of your sons killed not only the rapists, but everybody in that country. 
How do you feel about your life? Let me tell you a midrash. You're now, Jacob, you're at the end of your days. You call your sons in. You say, look, I'm worried. You know that God made a pact, a covenant with your great-grandfather, Abraham. And, that, and with your grandfather, Isaac. And with your father, me. I'm worried that you're not going to keep this pact. You're not going to. What do you think they told him? Remember, his name is Israel now. It's changed. What they said was, listen, Israel. Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. The Lord is our God. The Lord will be one. And what do you think you, Jacob, should say now? What did he say? He said, very good. Thank God. Baruch shame. Because now I know, his glorious kingdom will be forever and ever. You think he was content? Were you, were you content with all that life? But you did the best you could. Our ancestors, heroes of our faith, did the best they could. The patriarchs, and we didn't get to the matriarchy. They struggled, they questioned, they wrestled. They didn't pursue happiness, they pursued holiness. Joshua, Deborah, Gideon, Nehemiah, Ezra, Esther, Ruth. Moses, 40 years, was not pursuing happiness. The prophets, they didn't want the job. Jeremiah says, I'm unclean lips, don't, don't bother me. Jonah runs away, as you know. Rabbi Kiva, Rashi, Maimonides, all the way up to us, struggling with God. That's our name, Israel, struggling with God and struggling for God. The way the world is, we know the way the world ought to be. Struggling with each other and with ourselves, but looking for holiness. Now, knowing that, what question do we need to ask? Let me ask it. What do you mean holy? You've heard that term all your life. Holy this. What, what does holy mean? Separation. Who yeah. said that? Richard. 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 We look in the dictionary and it says dedicated to religious use, sacred, sinless, spiritually pure. And we use it in common slang. Most all of us, I hope all of us were a St. Louis Cardinal baseball fan. We hope somebody would hit a home run so we could hear Harry Carey say, Holy cow. Holy cow. We've got a holy Toledo. We've got a holy mackerel. We've got a, an animal, a city, and a fish. All holy. We've got a holy smoke, holy moly. There's not a, an episode of Batman and Robin go by that Robin doesn't say two or three times, holy something. But, but like Richard said, that's not the Jewish holy. The Hebrew word is, say it again, Richard. The Hebrew word's kadosh, and it means separation or, or being separate. So when we say holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, what are we, what are we really saying? He's separate. Separate, separate, separate. <laughs> different, different, different. Part of our What do you think of that? No, they didn't teach us that in Sunday school. Life in the pursuit of separation. I mean, let's look at the next slide. I'm sorry, somebody had something to say. I said it sounded discouraging. It sounds, I'm sorry. Discouraging, she said. Well, that's where we're going. Good. Keep that in mind. Let's look at the next slide. Slide four. The next slide. Good. Okay. Now, the first slide, choose life. That was our first thing, life. The second slide, Leviticus, proclaim liberty. The third verse from Leviticus 19, verse 2, you shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. By Richard's definition, which is the correct definition, how would that read if you use his word? It would read, you shall be separate, for I, the Lord, your God, I'm separate. I'm different. It says, Kedoshim to you. So thanks. Slide off, please. 
So the purpose of a Jewish life is not to make ourselves happy, but to make God happy. What do you think of that? Judaism teaches that the God of Israel is the God of all humanity. But the religion of Israel is not the religion of all humanity. You think you were depressed before. So if Judaism is different and separate from other religions, are Jews different and separate from other people? What do you think? How do you reconcile this? You've got a universal God and a particular people. How about that? Hey, Joe. He says that. I'm sorry. I've stepped on somebody. That's okay. Go ahead. I have a comment to, to Joe afterwards. Well, but, and I, and I can't pull up the verse, but God says you will be a separate people to me. You, yep. In fact, I think the a lot of the English translations <laughs> translate that as peculiar, but it just means different. You will be different. Very good. And very good. Someone else. Uh, hey, hey, Joe, when you were talking about, you know, universal God, there was, there was an article last week in the Haaretz um, that the, 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 it may be good for, for Judaism to get away from this one God concept that, and, and recognize that there can be other gods. We have our own God. You know, the Muslims can have Allah and uh you know whatever else but the 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 reason of of having a single god for all people creates this uh tension and, and violence because uh you can't all be god's favorite you know yeah, this, it's an interesting concept yeah this is the idea that individualism how do you say this uh Individualism is dangerous. We all got to be conformists or the, or the reverse. Let's look at the Torah and what Bruce said. The Torah is Jewish people, right? Say wrong. No. Well, let's put it this way. It doesn't begin with the Jewish people. Let's look at slide five. And Bruce brings up a very important point for us to consider here. Okay, one more slide. Good, all right. This is Genesis chapter one, verse 27. Anyone wanna read that? And God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Perfect, there you are. Adam, Cain, Noah, Tower of Babel, created them too. But then you get 12, Chapters later, Judaism starts. Anyone want to read that? Basically, so, what it is. Uh, rather than reading this, you know, I don't know if I'm, I'm not muted. Uh, where God says, you know, you are my people and I am your God. And, and he doesn't say to the Arabs or the, the Phoenicians or the Babylonians. You know, you are my people. I'm your God, too. Yeah. Now, yeah. how do we do this? And Bruce brings up the question. How do you have a God who narrows his focus from all humanity to one specific people? What went wrong? What's God trying to tell us here? All right, let's look at it. Next slide off, please. Let's look at the story of humanity. All right. The first three stories, Adam, Cain, Noah, the story of me. I want to do it. If it feels good, do it. The pursuit of happiness. I want, don't eat that, the, the fruit. I'm going to eat it anyway because that's going to make me happy. The fourth story, the Tower of Babel, is the pursuit of power. Makes me happy. The pursuit of happiness, either doing what I want to do or power. What makes me happy? It's a self set. These are four self-centered stories. That's the religion. Rabbi Greenstein, in his sermon on Rosh Hashanah this year, said, happiness can backfire. 
That's what's happened here. Judaism is the fifth story. And this is where we get into Bruce's question. Abraham is different. How is he different? Let's look at it. God says to Adam, don't eat that. Adam says, I'm going to eat it. And he does. God says to Abraham, let us leave. Abraham didn't even answer him. He just leaves. Adam, self-centered. God, in Abraham's, God, Abraham is God-centered. Cain, am I my brother's keeper? Come on. Abraham is a brother who died, but he has a son named Lot. He takes Lot with him. Lot gets kidnapped. He fights kings to rescue him, to bring him back. Yeah, I'm my brother's son's keeper. Noah. Yeah, okay, I'll build the ark. Take me 120 years. But those other people, they can drown. Abraham, sitting in his tent, just been circumcised. Three guys come up, never seen him before in his life. He rushes up to them, says, take off your shoes, make yourself comfortable. This is why to make some food. You all sit down, I'll stand. Strangers. He is responsible. And the Tower of Babel, we're going to go up there and rule with you. You're not going to rule us. We're going to rule. To Abraham, God says, take your son, your only son, the one you love, Isaac. Take him up to this mountain for an offering. And what does Abraham do? He gets up early in the morning to do it. Why? What is Abra Abraham saying? You're God. I'm not. The story of Abraham is for a different self. It's the story of the pursuit, not of power, not of pleasure, not of, 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 of self. It's the pursuit of holiness, separateness. Abraham pursued God's, we'll say purpose, rather than his own holiness. And that's what gives meaning to life. That's what this story is about. Not prosperity, not popularity, not power. It's about the kind of human being you are. The story of Judaism is God-centered. It's a story of being, well, just say a mensch. Judaism, Jews are the only people who have insisted in all of history on the right to be different, the duty and the dignity of being different. We have refused to assimilate with the dominant culture and we don't adopt the dominant faith. Not just to be different, that's not the issue, but to respect, let's put it this way, to reject pursuing pleasure and power. That's what Lech Lecha meant, not just a physical leaving. That's been the greatest challenge, not just to Abraham, but all of us through the centuries. Now that's our challenge to our people and to individual Jews. And that's what Rabbi Dreyfus reminded of in his first class with us. Remember, he mentioned the Kutzka Rebbe, the Menachem Mendel Morgenstein of, of Kutz. He asked his, his students, ask him, where's God? You remember what the answer was? Wherever you let him in. And that's what Rabbi Dreyfus taught us, putting emphasis on breaking the ego. Actually, the Kutzka Rebbe was Abraham Joshua Heschel's uncle. He raised him, actually, but that's another story. But Adam, Cain, Noah, and the Tower of Babel were self-centered. Abraham was God-centered. So the question that Bruce is asking, are we the only ones that God can count on? Do we, we have the covenant? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or is there another covenant? somewhere is there is this the only covenant god made let's look at the next slide one more ah let's look at what he's there was a covenant with noah what does it say in verse eight and nine? Anybody? Well, it says in verse nine, now I establish my covenant with you 
and your offspring to come, which is you, it's everybody. And you can read that totally out. My covenant, I will maintain my covenant with you, never again. The sign is the rainbow. The sign is a covenant between me and the earth. But then the next slide, we get a particular covenant. 99 years old. What does he say? God says, I will establish my covenant between me and you. God says, as for me, this is my covenant. You'll be the multitude of a number of nations. What do you think of that? Slide off, please. We've got two covenants here. The Noah covenant says, there, this is our Torah. Our Torah says there is one God, the God of everybody, created by everybody, and created in the divine image. Someone's not in our image is still created in the divine image, in God's image. Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel said, if you see another person and you don't see the face of God, you need to have your eyes examined. This is humanity. This is everybody, regardless of class, of color, of culture, of creed. This is the most beautiful insight and the most revolutionary statement in all of human history. Joe, I'd like to say something, please. Please, yes. You Nancy. know, this whole thing about sep being separate, my head yes. is spinning right now. My, par my parents did not practice the Jewish faith after my brother was bar mitzvah. He was bar mitzvah because he was supposed to. And then they stopped practicing religion. My brother stopped practicing because they felt that organized religion is what separated people. Me. Yes, that doesn't spout Judaism then, does it? No, my belief is that <laughs> I, I think it's okay for other people to believe in other things. It's just important that they have something to believe. And I respect other people's religions and I engage in conversations and I learn and I teach them about Judaism. I don't proselytize, but I'll share with them and educate them about Passover and Hanukkah and Shabbat. Um, and that's what's beautiful about, to me. That's what's beautiful about our religion is that I don't go out going, I'm Jewish, I'm the chosen one. But I'm like, hey, I'm proud to be a Jew. Well, let's talk about that. That's a very good point. There is the other covenant, our covenant. It's disturbing. It's different. It's dramatically opposed to and challenges the Noahic covenant. We're a nation formed by this covenant, right? It's not universal. It's particular. It's not for everybody. You can either be born into it or join it voluntarily, but it separates this people. Next slide. This is from the book of Exodus and the book of Deuteronomy. If you look at five and six, it says, and this is what Terry was getting at. Verse five, you shall be my treasured possession among all the peoples. All the earth is mine. You're going to be my treasure. And in verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 7. God chose you to be his treasured people. Uh-oh. Slide off, please. What do you think? Susan. Well, I was just going to say the Hebrew for, I think it was verse 5, is Mamlechet Kohanim Vagoy Kadosh, because you were talking about the word Kadosh, what it means earlier. Yes. You should be a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Right. And what the, what's the purpose of a priest? To serve God. Very good. Does that mean other people can't, though? Or they have other no. people, other gods that they can serve? And that's the whole thing. It's the two. The one says it's a, it's a Goy Kadosh, a, a separate nation. And the other one says an Am Kadosh, a separate people. It's a radical idea. This is a society based on a shared moral code with equal access to that code. 
Friends, we live in a fractured country. Needs healing desperately. The power and wealth, popularity, what Cain and Abel, what Cain was after, Adam was after, won't work. They're zero-sum gains. The more wealth you give, the less you have. The more power you release, the less you have. But with equal dignity for each person, the more you give, the more you'll receive. That's the Jewish response to the covenant that God made us. A society of equal dignity and equal respect. At the heart of it is a shared morality. Not bowing to power, money, popularity. We've known societies where morality is given way. And what happens? You lose freedom and you lose life. Judaism is not about winning or losing. Judaism is about becoming. That's as, as Susan said of our entire people. We are a kingdom of priests, each one of us. We have democratized separateness. Well, how are we separate? You told us we're separate, but you haven't told us how. Three ways. First, holiness in space, separate places. What does God tell Moses? Take off your shoes, but where you're standing is? Holy ground. Holy ground. Hadesh. Separate ground. This ground is separate from the other grounds. What do they call Israel? The holy land. The holy land. It's different from other lands. If you've ever been there, you step on that soil, you know there's something. Jerusalem. Your Hakodesh, the holy city. Holy, the different city from any other city in Jerusalem, in, in Israel. Temple. It's known that we believe that Rabbi Wax's favorite song was God is in his holy temple. Well, that's from the book of Habakkuk. It's more holy than the, re the rest of the city. And then the holy of holies, the inner sanctum where the mm -hmm. ark is. The holy of holies. separate. So we got separateness in space. Second, we got separateness in time. What do we what do we ask our children to say on Passover? The question. Four questions. Of the one Manishtana Halalas. Why is this night different from all of it? Why is this time? It's a different time. Take Shabbat, for example. Okay. God blessed the seventh day and he Hallowed it. Made it, made it holy. It made it, right, mm -hmm. made it separate. What's, what does Havdalah mean? Separation. Very good. It means division. Rabbi Bess and Rabbi Jeremy kindly invite us to join them in Havdalah, in separate, the wonderful Midrash on Shabbat. Okay. Seven days are complete. Day seven comes to God. I have a complaint. He says, what do you mean? He says, well, all the other day partners. Day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. I don't have to run out of days. Uh, Joe, I don't think we can hear you so well anymore. Oh, how's this? Is that better? That's better. It's kind of going in and out. Um, that's better. That's better. Benjamin, is that better? That's better. Let me do try that. <laughs> How's that? That's good. That's good. Everybody, all right? Yep. Bring this around here. Otherwise, I'd hear you backwards. Okay. Did you hear? Let's start the. We'll. We'll. Uh, let's start the. Uh, the seventh day comes to God and says, God, I'm not happy. All the other days have partners. I don't have a partner. Day one is day two, day three is day four. And God says, okay, you're right. I'll give you Israel as your partner. And not only that, I'll give you a name. You'll be known as, let's call you Shabbat. And day seven says, 
What does that mean? And God says, well, it'll mean whatever your partner makes it mean. Isn't that true? That's what Rabbi Greenstein and Rabbi Danziger tell us. There it is on the grid Saturday, but it's Shabbos, Shabbat, if we make it. This word Shabbat, there are 70 words in Torah that we don't know what they mean. We're guessing. But there's one word in Torah that's never been translated. You know what that word is? Anybody? It's Shabbat. In the, the Latin Bible, known as the... Uh, the, uh, the uh, what's the Latin bit? Vulcan. Yeah. What is it known in Latin? Sabbatum. The Greek? The sab Septuagint. It's called Sabbaton. In English, what is it called? Sabbath. Sabbath. Never has anybody translated this word, but there is someone who can translate this word today. You know who that is? Us. It's the person sitting in your seat. Shabbat is what you mean, what you make it mean. And special other times, we get Kiddushin, that's marriage. Kaddish. You know, Yikadal Bayit Kaddash. Kiddush. Asher Kiddushanu. The blessing we said before Torah study. Asher Kiddushanu. The Talmud begins when, there's the first thing in the Talmud, when is the first time you can say the Shema? And the answer is when you can see the face of another person. And you can read that more than one way. Holiness in space, holiness in time. But here's where we get into what Nancy and Bruce and everybody is wondering. What about holiness in people? A separate people. 613 different ways. Now... We needed a lot of commandments to rid us of the ways of the Egyptians, where we came from. And we needed a lot of the commandments to separate us from the Canaanites, where we're going. But a lot of these don't seem needed today because we don't have that purpose. On the other hand, as Jews have moved into the world, the world has moved into Jews. Look at Joseph in Egypt. He dressed Egyptian, talked Egyptian, ate Egyptian, married Egyptian. But how many Egyptian children do you think were named Manasseh and Ephraim? Not many, I'll guarantee you. We have acculturated, but not assimilated. Today, there are Jews who would embrace Judaism and reject the world. And there are people who will reject the world and embrace Judaism. The question I have of you, how can we be a part of the world and yet apart from it? Anybody? That's a tough question. Not I'm sorry? Not really, because if we don't maintain our Judaism and embrace the world at the same time, we're doomed. Anybody have a comment on that, what Rosalind said? It's good. Yeah, and we don't live in convents. You know, we don't, we don't cloister. Uh, or we, we, uh, we embrace our Judaism while we're while we are part of the world. Except if you go to Israel and, and you know, I didn't understand you, Bruce. Say that again. If you're in Israel and you're part of the Haredi community, well, the Haredim, you know, they're, they're not they 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 reject the rest of the world. Right. Well, there are exceptions to everything. <laughs> so there's always going to be an exception, but if we but if we live by God's commandment. And we yeah. live by the Torah and we live in this world. We are part of the world, but we still remain separate. Yeah. And what, what Bruce was getting at, what brought me in, is there are rabbis who would sacrifice a Jew for a law and there are rabbis who would sacrifice a law for a Jew. But they, of course, majority. the Haredim, they're different and we're different. Well, when you say the Haredim are, I mean, I don't want to get off of the Haredim, but a little bit of an exception to our Jewish rule. Aren't we all? No. <laughs> That's one of the important questions, actually, because we Jews have no dogmas. We don't have them. We're just witnesses. It's all we are. We don't have any. If you don't believe it, 
See, this is what Judaism is really not a religion. A religion is a way to get you what you want by believing what is wanted. Judaism doesn't have this. Judaism doesn't have the answers. We trust the answerer, but we don't have this idea that you must believe this way. Any other questions? Have I confused you so far? Good. The problem here that I think we're getting to is our culture is becoming more hostile to our values. Is that right? What do you think? Be more dangerous to our children. We fraught with drug abuse and alcoholism. We use drugs to help us. They're wonderful. But in Judaism, we try not to let drugs use us. We use wine for blessings. But we are not going to let alcohol use us. That makes us different. Good, bad, no, different. Even people who want to make themselves our enemies. Haman says to Hoshuaris, he says, this is a different people. They got different laws. Bilam, the false prophet, says, this is a different people. They live in solitude. They're not reckoned among the nations. Set apart means special places set apart, special times set apart, and, yes, the special people set apart. Set apart because Judaism is not only a way of living it is, as Abraham Joshua Heschel wrote, a way of thinking. Take Shabbat. How would you think about Shabbat? That's at best. You had a, you're, 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 you're blocked. Your, your speech is blocked. We can't hear you. Can you undo your speech there? Okay, we'll give you a chance to work on that. Let's take Shabbat. You want to do Jewish thinking? Spend an hour day after tomorrow thinking Jewishly. Just an hour. Join us in Torah study. It's that simple. From 10 to 11, we just think Jewishly. And you can use this if you want to. Or maybe, just maybe, maybe you want to get one of these. <laughs> maybe not oh, Joe I don't think we can hear you again can, can, can you now hear me okay. so Joe, Joe does the yarmulke does the yarmulke and the tally make you a Jew nothing can you hear me now? let me get you try one other thing I've been uh, trying to say something oh can you hear me now no yes we, yes, we can hear you okay can you hear Thank me now? You. Is that better? Uh, I wanted to make I wanted to make a comment. Can you hear me talking to you in my voice without me screaming? Uh, the comment is about the word Shabbat. Yep. Uh, I was brought up. Uh, I'm a Sephardic Jew, and mm -hmm. Shabbat is what we used to use in my house. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is what I found as a young child that. The Ashkenazi Jews, which I think all of you are here, right? Are you all? Okay. I'm, I'm a Sephardic Jew. The Ashkenazi Jews would not accept me as a Jew. Is that, is that crazy? Yeah. Uh, that is crazy. There's a difference. The Sephardic Jews from Spain, that's what Sephardic means. The Ashkenazi Jews from Germany. Resist on well, we say if you're Sephardic on the last syllable. Oh, Joe, I think you're you're. We can't, we can't hear, hear you. Yeah. That was the problem I had all this time. 
I, it's a different I culture. Get, I couldn't get on the audio. Somehow something was keeping me from having audio. I, I heard all of you, but I couldn't, you couldn't hear me. Yeah, is that all right, everybody? Yes, we can hear you okay. now, Joe. I want to answer Susie's question. There is nowhere in Torah that speaks of yarmulkes. No. But no way in Torah, what? He's not there right now. No, you can't hear you. No. This is, how about now? Yeah, now it's better. Now it's better. Okay. There's nowhere in the Torah that it says anything about yarmulkes. Nowhere. Oh. And there was a great debate on this. And when Rabbi settled, he said, tell you what, I can prove to you Abraham wore a, t wore a yarmulke. Said, How could you do that? He said, what kind of a Jew would he be if he wouldn't wear a yarmulke? <laughs> this, though, the talus is commanded. That's one of the commandments. It's not the, the, the cloth, it's the fringes. The fringes are not together out of the 613, which is to remind you constantly that there are 613 commandments, no matter what you do. <coughs> that answer your question? Yeah, well, it doesn't, it doesn't, because um, it, the yarmulke then is, is, I mean, it's traditional, symbolic, and maybe the, and the talit is commanded, so you remember the command, the, the laws and the commandments. But symbolism doesn't make you a Jew. Um, it In my world, or as I understand it, it's what Micah said today in his sermon, yes, last night, it's how you treat others and how you live in the world by Torah is what makes you a good, makes yeah. you a good. The, What is a symbol of, of God? Okay. Is there a symbol of God on earth? No. The answer start. Of the Torah. What? Goes back to what we read earlier. The human being. Us. We are made yeah, in us. the image of God. The human being is the symbol of God on earth. And that's what Micah was going to. If we're going to be God's symbol, we need to do what God would have us do. Not just Jews, but the human being is a symbol of God. Isn't that, isn't that what we're taught? I mean, isn't that our teaching? Sure. There are many things that can help you be Jewish. For example, well, there's a into the Talmud, a, a very religious Jew goes to a house of uh, ill repute and he tries to get in the bed. And every time he gets in bed, the Talmud sort of flips up and reminds him, he says, he's how he leaves. You're wearing this today. You're reminded of it. That's what that's all about. It's, it's making distinctions. Judaism rises and falls on distinctions. And anything that helps us make those distinctions that's we got 613 boundaries, right? We lost our land, our property, our sages. We lost everything except our limits that separate us, the boundaries that define us, and our loyalties that sustain us. We have limits. That's what Yom Kippur is about. Can you all hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There is a meaning of Yom Kippur outside of atonement and forgiveness. Yom Kippur means return to thinking Jewishly. Return to the boundaries God set for us. Yom Kippur calls to us, come home to where you belong. Let God in. Be different. I mean, how if we're not if we're like everybody else, how can we be an inspiration to humanity? If we're no different. How can we be relevant to a torn world? You have to be centered on God. Loving. A forgiving, challenging God, never asking more than we can do, like a yarmulke or a talus, but asking only to do the best you can. Our, we are not perfect. Look at Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, mistakes left and right. They are not expect, God does not expect perfection. This is not a final exam. God expects us to fail, but doesn't expect us to be failures. We get up and next year we try better than this year. Does that make any sense, anybody? Very nice. So yeah. You were talking about, you know, thinking Jewish. To yeah. me, to me, it's not what I think, it's what I do. And that uh, Rabbi, 
Rabbi Micah talked a couple weeks ago at Friday Night Services about the difference between Judaism and not in other religions, that they have faith and that what we what makes us separate, I guess, is that we do. It's our right. actions. And, like love is yeah. an action. It's not a, a, right. a and, and that's very important what Nancy's saying. Because if we think ourselves, we're not going to do what God wants us to do. So thinking precedes doing. We, we say Avinu, right? A comforting parent, close to his children. Malkenu, a compassionate king caring for his children. That's why we say Avinu Malkenu. We're saying to God, we want you to be our parent, our king. We need you to be our parent, our king. Please forgive us. We knew what was wrong. We did it anyway. And what does God say to us? He said the same thing he said to Moses 33 centuries ago. What he said every year since then. I have forgiven according to your word. Any other questions so far? But if God forgives us, are we able to forgive ourselves? Uh, actually, that's really a prerequisite. If we're not able to be forgiven, if we're not willing to be forgiven by ourselves or anybody else, why should God? That's a very important lesson. We are made in the image of God. The question is, can we forgive God? See, most people think God caused the tornado. God caused the hurricane. God has nothing to do with nature. God is beyond nature. Nature does what it wants to do. Where was God in the Holocaust? I'll tell you where God was in the Holocaust. He was in the German families that hit Jews, the Protestant families. Where was, where was God when that disaster hit Haiti? He was in, they were in the Israelis hospitals that came there and rescued these people. That's where God is. Pagan societies worship gods. They worship the sun. Egypt, what was the name of the guy headed Egypt? Ramesses. Ra was the god of the sun. Mises his children. He's a child of the god. We don't have that. They blamed God of this for that. The blood of the Nile, the god of the, this. All pagan societies blamed could look at look at Greek mythology. Look at Greece. Greek. The gods are playing with these people. This is why Greek tragedy Greece plays always end in one thing, which is tragedy. They all end in tragedy. Jewish plays always end in hope. An entirely different culture. We got a lot in the Greeks. The Greeks have helped us so much. They gave us vowels. We don't have vowels in Hebrew. They put vowels in the system. They're wonderful. They're to, you know, but Aristotle said the greatest thing in life is to pursue happiness. Fine. That's not us. We're different. Any questions so far? Joe, so, it's, it's, it's interesting. Eric? When God created the world at the seventh day, he didn't say, this makes me happy. He said, in God, this is good. And what Mary has said is very important because if you look at the Torah, is there anywhere it says, and God made the children, is there anywhere that it says that the children of Israel made God happy? I'm saying, you know, who, the, who is the biggest failure in the Bible? Hey, Joe, where are the passages that say it was pleasing to God? Ah, that's the odor. Let me say one thing. The biggest failure in the Bible is God. He never uh. succeeds. But as far as what Bruce is asking about the odor, the odor pleased God. Okay. Now, how can the, the odor of burning flesh? Does not, it is not pleasing. I can tell you. You come home and your spouse is cooking your favorite food and you say... Boy, that smells good. What does that signify? It signifies that somebody you love is doing something for you because you wanted it. So when God 
smells the odor of burning flesh. Isn't that the burning, the odor isn't good. It's that they're doing something to come back to me. Nobody was happier in the entire country than the fellow who had just left making the sacrifice. He was pure. Alan, you got a question? I, I, I can't hear you. You're, I, I can't hear you. You're, you're, you're blocked. Anyway, anybody else have a question? Does that answer your question, Bruce? I, I, you're blocked too. Everybody seems to be blocked for some reason. Yeah, yes, it does. Ah. Oh, yeah. Nobody is pleased unless there's intention with it. You could do something nice for somebody. If there's no intention to be nice, it doesn't work. God, we were lived 400 years in Egypt. We saw animals, this kind of stuff. You got to get away from it. What, what was the God of the Canaanites? Who was it? Chemosh, what did he, what did he demand? Child sacrifice. It was Baal. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wasn't his name Baal? Baal, no, that's another, yeah. Malak. Yeah. Yeah. Needed child sacrifice. We don't do that. Okay, you can't take 400 years worth of people and say, okay, don't do it. Doesn't work. So you got to wean them away from it. Okay, you don't. An animal sacrifice, it'll substitute for you. Okay, we'll do that. And little by little, we get away from that. We grow. We change. But the idea of, of, uh, our idea of God has changed. God, we say God has changed. You kind of think of, you ever play connect the dots? God is playing connect the dots with no numbers. Everybody connects them a different way. Next week you connect them a different way, you get a different picture. But the dots are the same, they're the same size, the same shape, the same color, the same distance from each other. God doesn't change. It's our view of God that changes. It's our view of Shabbat that changes. And that's why Jewish thinking is very, very important. I want to show you a prayer that was written a couple of hundred years ago by a Hasidic master, a man by the name of Levi Yitzhak, halfway around the world. And what he is doing is telling you his view of God. And it's titled, You, Y-O-U, meaning God. He's talking to God. Let's look at the next slide. And the next one. Okay, very good. I'd like for us to invite you to read this together. Slowly. Remember what Rabbi Greenstein said, we're moving in too fast a world. Fast food, fast speech, fast driving. Let's slow it down a little bit. Let's go very slowly on this. Can you all hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Let's do this together. Okay. You. You. Where I go. Go. You. You. Where I stand. Stand. You. You. Just you. Just you. Again. Again. You. you. Always. You. 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 When it goes well with me. Well with me. You. You. When it goes wrong with me, you, just you, again, you, always you, 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 heaven, you, earth, you, up, you, down, you, where I turn at every end, you, just you. Again, you, always you, 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 slide off, please. You want to make a New Year's resolution? Let God in. Be God-centered. Remember in Pirkei Avot, we studied, do God's will as if it were your own. Think Jewishly. For life, for liberty and the pursuit of difference. Only by pursuing difference can we make a difference. Any questions or comments? That poem sounded like a love poem. 
Yes, it is. Rabbi Levi Yitzhak, at the end of Yom Kippur, was standing there. It was Everybody was tired. They were hungry. And for 10 minutes, he didn't say anything, right before the cottage. Finally, he opened his mouth. He said, God, this year, I didn't produce any widows or orphans. I didn't produce any strangers. I didn't burn any buildings. I didn't make any epidemics. You did. Maybe you should ask. Maybe we should ask for your forgiveness before you ask for ours. But since I'm Levi Yitzhak, Yit Gadal, Yit Gadal, That's us. That's us. If you think about it a minute, that's who we are. Don't go on as people. It's amazing. Any other questions or comments? Somebody has it. At best, you had your hand up. You're blocked, but I can't hear you. Unmute yourself, Bess. I think our problem is that we try to humanize God like the Christians did. They made uh, Jesus Christ a God because he was a human. Yeah, the answer here is we were made in God's image. We shouldn't try to make God in our image. Exactly. Very good comment. Any other comments or anything that... uh, We all did very good. Don't forget to tune in to Rabbi Dreyfus and uh, wish you a good new year, a holy new year, different new year, happy, healthy one. Thank you all very much. You've been terrific. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for for being here. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Joe.